Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Hillcrest Covenant Church podcast. We are so glad you're here. This week, Associate Pastor Bill Orris concluded our series, Walking the Twelve Steps with Jesus. He introduced us to the final step of the AA program and interviewed three fellow Hillcrest congregation members. Bill asked each of them about their own story. How has this twelfth step affected your journey? Remember, you can watch our live stream on YouTube that happens on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., or you can always find us online at hillcrestdecalb.com. Grace and peace. We've been on a sermon series, uh, The Twelve Steps, Walking the Twelve Steps uh, with Jesus. And this is the very last step. And in the recovering community, they call this a giving step. Uh, In the Christian community, I call this the giving step. Mm. In the church community, I call it the giving step. Do you get it? It's not a 12-step for the recovering community. It's a step for all of us. Amen? It's a step for all of us. Let's say it together. Ready? Having had a spiritual experience as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in everyday life. A spiritual experience, awakening, a renewal that happens in our lives when we say yes to Jesus. There's a newness in our life that we want to tell others about what Jesus has done for us. We don't keep it to ourselves. That's why we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, right? When someone is called in court to be a witness, they're called to testify, right? A silent witness is not a good witness, right? So we're called to share God's love and grace. Now listen, I know we're all wired differently. God wired us differently, right? Some of us are extroverts and introverts. It doesn't matter what personality type you have. We're called to be Jesus' hands and feet in how God made you and how God made me. And we share that good news, and that's what step 12 is about. Listen to these words from Jesus in John chapter 15. They'll be here on the screen. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love one another. 
Jesus always brings it back to that, doesn't he? He always brings it back to loving one another. This morning, we get to hear from three people that have been on a journey in their life and have had all renewals, just like um, we have when we've opened our lives up to Jesus as we keep taking steps towards him. And we're going to hear their stories of them living out their step 12 uh, in their life. And so I'm going to first invite uh, Chris O'Brocher. Chris, why don't you come on up here? You can take your mask off there. It's for you, big guy. Thanks. I thought I was last. Uh (laughs) Pulled a fast one on you there, didn't I? That's that's not the first time he's done this to me. It's not the first time, is it, huh? (laughs) So much for being nervous. Uh Worked this out really well here, huh? Uh, a bigger church, it looks yeah, like. Amen, amen. So, Chris, you want to introduce your family here? Sure. Uh, right over there is my lovely wife, Jennifer, my youngest son, Cody, my beautiful daughter, Ava, my rock and roll star over there, Christopher, and that's all of them, yeah, except for Sadie at home. Yeah, it is. And uh, Chris and Jennifer have been coming to Hillcrest. Now, how long has it been now since? Since... Uh, Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yes. Good day. Amen. And so, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your story and what's happened in your life and how Step 12 uh, has affected you? Yeah, my story. How much time do we have? Yeah, we don't have that much. Uh, um, yeah, it just uh, became real clear to me that um, alcohol started to become more important to me than my own family. Um, I was formatted to work and basically do what I had to do um, and then drink whatever was on the menu. Um, I lost all manageability in my life. I, I just, I lost everything that was most important to me. And um, after a while, it all caught up to me on a very, very bad night, horrific night. And what ended up happening is I finally seen who I became, and I didn't like it. I had a lot of self-hatred for myself. And my family thought because of the things that I did to our home, to my son's car, to a lot of things to them, that it was their fault. They did something wrong. And it was me just finally realizing who I was, and I hated who I was. Um, it's a hard thing to get past. Uh, but once you find out what the problem is, you can finally fix it. You can fix it for yourself. Maybe too late to fix it with others, but you can definitely do what you have to do to uh, make it right. So that's when I started to head over to RCA, where I met this uh, really cool guy um, who gave me a recovery Bible. And from there, I studied it and what uh, many people had there to offer me. My counselor, Tyler, he was there every step of the way. I remember saying to him, I didn't think this was the right uh, place for me. I thought maybe I needed (laughs) something more than what RCA had to offer. I guess I still didn't think I had a drinking problem at that point. But one night in bed, I was laying in there, and I was praying to God, and uh, I just told him, I said, 
Lord, thank you for all the beautiful memories that I have with my family. I said I pray for their health and happiness. Even if it's, uh, you know, not with me, I want them to be happy. And um, I said I'm ready to go whenever you want to take me. And I didn't want to die, but I just gave up. And I believe that's the time I gave my will and my life to the care of God. I'm not giving up my life. I'm giving it to the absolute care of God. In other words, I'm looking through the window right now and above, and I can see how bright it is, almost like those old pictures you'd see uh, that our grandparents took, the old photos, like they're so bright, but it's probably just the way the camera was. Um, The world was brighter back then because that's when I was a kid, and I seen how beautiful life was, and this is the day now I see how beautiful life was and how I had a real awesome chance of never seeing these people again, never being in my wife's arms again. And that's all I think of every morning I leave for work. Um, So after having that experience, I finally, you know, knew I did give it to God. I, I, I did give my will and my life over to the care of him. And when I did that, I started seeing these small coincidences, which I don't believe in that word anymore, but um, I was out in back where we all smoked cigarettes because cigarettes were free there. I mean, we smoked all the time. Um, So that was probably a good time for me to think about Shantex, which I did, so... Uh, anyways, a uh, small note there. But uh, we were out and back when everyone was like, we should take a small picture of all of us together and do a time capsule. I thought, that's great, but I have a better idea. And I went into my pocket to, to just go like this, or, or I took my hand out of my pocket and I went like this. And as soon as I went like this, a cornstalk out of nowhere, the ugliest cornstalk you could ever see, it hit my hand at that instant. So I know what odds are, I know what probabilities are, but that just didn't make much sense to me at the time, other than I felt something. And once I started feeling things like that, and I knew it was God's presence, I started seeing other things change. Now my wife is sending me these small text messages encouraging me to do better, to be the extraordinary father that she expects me to be, an extraordinary husband that I should be, and it's just from the help that you have given me ever since day one, you know, this man next to me, I couldn't eat. And at one point he came to me in the cafeteria and he says, can I call your wife? And I said, go right ahead, you can call her. Oh, well, I need the number, Chris. Oh, I'm like, yeah, here's the number. And he calls and the next day, you know, I'm just... I'm looking for him bad. Like, I couldn't even sleep. And I see him, and he gives me this small little smile. I'm like, that's not a big smile, but it's something. And he goes, can you believe what happened? You'll never believe it! (laughs) (laughs) Or something like that. And They imitate me, don't they, huh? That's why you're all laughing, because you wanted... I do it better when I'm standing yeah. up. But... Anyways, he goes, you'll never believe this. 
I talked to Jennifer and she talked to me, a perfect stranger for 35 minutes. That's when I had hope. It wasn't the false hope that I kept giving myself, like, you know, this is all just going to blow over, it's a bad nightmare. This, this was real hope with real possibilities. And it's just by doing what I did. I followed what everyone was telling me. I followed the steps the best I could, but I gave it my all. I mean, I even talked to the driver on the way there. It was probably way above his pay grade to help me out at the time, but I even talked to the cook and people emptying the trash. I thanked them for stuff. And now today, it's like I go out into the world and you know, if I, if, if I see someone needs help, I'll help them. It's not just holding the door open or something. I mean, that's easy stuff. I mean, I'll just, I'll see something and I'll just, out of the blue, I'll just walk over there. And, and that's, that's not me, you know. But then at one particular AA meeting, they, this man says, this is you. This is God working through you. You're the conduit. I'm like, you guys take it easy. I'm already scared to death. And what's uh, it's going on here? Now you're going to tell me I'm some conduit to the Lord. I'm like, this is too much. So I'm just a simple man who made a huge mistake, but I was able to pick myself up with God's help and turn my life around. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for Chris. I thank you for the work that you have done and are doing and will do in his life. I thank you for Jennifer and the kids and the journey that they've been on and the new day as they are walking a new life. May you continue to use him and may Chris uh, be a man of your grace and mercy as he's a conduit of your love to others so that they will see you, Jesus. In your name we pray, and all of God's kids said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, next, I'm going to invite up uh, Tim Souter. Tim's a brother in Christ, part of our Hillcrest family. He and Julie for about seven or eight years now. And uh, I asked Tim also if he would share... Um, part of his story, how he had a spiritual experience and a renewal uh, in his life and his walk with the Lord. Thanks, Pastor Bill. Um, yeah, so just by a little bit of a background, uh, my wife Julie's in the back here with me this morning, and uh, Julie and I both grew up Catholic. Um, both of our families very strong, you know, in their faith, and so throughout my whole childhood, you know, church every Sunday and Sunday school, First Communion, Confirmation, Julie and I got married at uh, St. Mary's Catholic Church here in DeKalb, and so the church has always really been a part of our, our lives. Um, but um, fast forward, and, and really my story um, is one of patience uh, and God's patience for me. <laughs> um, 45 years of patience, really, 45 or 46 years of patience, because what I came to realize later in life is that um, uh, really what I was doing was just kind of going through the motions. Um, church was something that we did on Sundays, and we would check that box, and I would go back to work on Monday, and, and really the, the rest of my life was disconnected from, um, from church and from, from my faith. And um, God really used, I, I, the way I see it, God really used three different organizations to, to start to work on me and change my life, and, and finally 
um, wake me back up. <laughs> um, the first organization is Feed My Starving Children, so super excited about the mobile uh, pack event uh, that's next weekend and be a part of that again. Um, the second organization is Hillcrest Covenant Church, and the third is an organization called C12, which is a, a peer advisory group for Christian CEOs and business owners. And so through those three organizations, kind of collectively, I started to figure out um, that I really and truly was just going through the motions, um, and that I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, and I wasn't growing in my faith. And um, I can tell you exactly when that became crystal clear to me, because Julie's brother Steve um, gave us a book by Matthew Kelly called Resisting Happiness, um, which is a fabulous book, if you haven't read it. Uh, one of the most important books th that I've ever read, and... and um, on page 39, <laughs> uh, I literally remember this uh, vividly, uh, he describes what he calls a lukewarm Christian. And it was like he was writing that page to me. Um, I mean, it just, it just hit me right between the eyes. And so that was right about the time that Julie and I had been coming to Hillcrest and I had joined C12 and really started to see things differently. Um, and, and it really just, uh, yeah, it just hit me right between the eyes that I, that I was the very definition of, of a lukewarm Christian, and I didn't have a growing personal relationship with Jesus. And, um, and then all of a sudden, things started to, to fall into place more clearly for me. And, and um, the way that I kind of felt I should share about this morning really is more, more around my work, because as I had mentioned, you know, we would go to church most Sundays, and then I'd go back to work on Monday, and the, the two hadn't you know, one had nothing to do with, with the other. Um, but through C12, I was, um, my eyes were open to the fact that, that everything that we do, right, our faith should be a part of everything that we do, and they should be interconnected. And so starting to see work as an opportunity to worship really was a very significant momentum builder in, in my life for me, and seeing what um, work God had in front of me in terms of the work that I do every day, and the company that I lead, and the number of people who who report to work every day, many of whom, you know, we have more than 300 employees, and many of those people will, will never go to a church, um, and they'll never have a chance to hear the good news. And so in terms of me sharing and living out my life as someone who has a growing relationship with Jesus, um, I really see my work as an opportunity to worship, and I really see the people who come to work at the Souter Company as sort of my mission field. Um, and I had been on a number of of mission trips in my life, which was always a struggle um, for me too, because whenever I would do that, I'd be like, you know, is God calling me to go serve somewhere else uh, in another country or in impoverished nations or whatever the case may be? But once I put two and two together and realized that I have my, my mission field right where I work every day, um, I just realized that I could serve the Lord in that way. And so living out my faith at work is one of the ways that I try to, try to give back and try to... Um, I try to demonstrate, um, you know, my faith being a part of my everyday life. And one of the things Matthew Kelly talks about in, in Resisting Happiness is putting uh, Jesus at the center of your life. And I know I'm not there yet, um, but the first step is kind of that recognition, right, um, that you can, you can see that and that you can move in that direction every day uh, if you just keep, uh, keep praying and keep being obedient and keep listening to the Lord. Um, and so we try to serve our, you know, at work, we try to serve our employees in a number of different ways that, um, that help us in little bits and pieces, uh, share about Jesus and share about how to, how to love and how to be, how to be a light for Christ. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tim. Let's pray. Thank you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for Tim and Julie. 
I thank you for their love for one another and for this community. I thank you for the Souter Company, Lord, and Tim's obvious heart for caring for the people that work for him as he serves them and loves them and shows them you, Jesus, through the good and the bad times. Thank you for the leadership gifts that you've given him. Thank you that he's a man of mercy and grace. And I continue to pray that you would bless him as he blesses others, as he is your hands and your feet uh, in this community, helping people here and around the world. And thank you that we get to partner with Feed My Starving Children this weekend. And I just thank you, Jesus, that uh, you uh, do amazing work in our lives. And as Tim said, when we open up ourselves and ask you to be the center of our life. It's my prayer for Tim and all of us as we take one day at a time. For your sake and in your name we pray, Jesus. And all of God's children said, amen, amen. Thank you, Tim. Finally, invite Lisa up here. Lisa was one of um, my early patients uh, at uh, Recovery Centers of America. And uh, this is her husband, TJ. And uh, my very first Sunday here, uh, when you called me to be your associate pastor, was February 28th, and they were here and sat right there. And I always call that the TJ and Lisa seat. And, uh, and they've been coming ever since. I think the only time they're not here is uh, when they're away and traveling. And so I'm just really grateful for what God's doing in TJ and Lisa's life. So can you uh, share your story and how Step 12 uh, has been impacting you? Um, so, my journey started, well, I mean, my relationship with alcohol was probably the longest relationship of my life, and it came to a point where my life was unmanageable, and I was pretty much the shell of who I should be, or was. Um, my husband is also a recovering alcoholic, and he... he started his recovery journey before I did um, because I thought that, you know, I didn't have a problem. Um, but I was laid off at the beginning of the pandemic and it just spiraled out of control and I decided that I needed to do something about it. So I happened to see a commercial on TV for Recovery Centers of America and I, at that point, decided that it was time for me to get help. And that's where everything changed for me. Um, it, is, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life for so many reasons. Um, it brought me to Pastor Bill. It brought me here. Um, I honestly don't think that I would still be sober if it wasn't for my reconnection with my relationship with with the Lord, um, it's become such an important part of my life. I was raised Catholic, and kind of like Tim said, you know, I went to church with my family every Sunday, and it was just, it seemed more of a routine than an actual spiritual experience. Um, there was more like of a fear base almost for me with the Catholic Church than anything else. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the teachings, and so my relationship with God kind of went by the wayside, and it's something that my husband and I often talked about, wanting to reconnect with our faith, and, but when you're in the midst of struggling with your own addiction, that kind of doesn't really take 
precedence at that moment. But um, going through my recovery, it's just become just so apparent that, you know, I need God in my life. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for Pastor Bill, and um, I'm grateful to be a part of this church. So, Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, I'm still working on the steps. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, keep on. We're all working on steps, right? We None of us have ever arrived, right? Amen. I'm not okay, and I'm not okay, and we're not okay. Only by God's grace are we okay, and it's okay not to be okay. TJ and Lisa, what you might not know, drive a little over an hour to be here every week and have uh, I love Pastor Jen, and Pastor Jen was so excited to have... Um, more people her age is part because they, they get Pastor Jen's stuff right away. And uh, we're just thankful that uh, you're part of the Hillcrest family and that we're all part of the family together. And uh, thank you for all three of you for sharing your stories. And because every one of us in this room has a story. We all have hangups and hiccups. And only by God's grace and mercy does he heal us. But when we open ourselves up to him and let him do it. He never forces himself upon us. And when you and I take those steps, healing truly begins. And watch out what God will do in each of our lives. Amen? Amen. Lord, I thank you for Lisa and TJ, and I thank you for the journey that they've been on and continue to be on. We continue to celebrate their sobriety as husband and wife, and the joy is uh, TJ just waiting for Lisa, and now they do it together. I just thank you, Lord for bringing them here to such a time as this and that we're all together as a family. So may Lisa and TJ and all of us continue to reach out to others, give us an empathetic heart to sit and listen with people in their pain and to be your hands and feet as you call us to serve. Maybe some of us will just send a note or a letter even today or a phone call because of what you have done and will do because of having had this spiritual experience as the results of following you, Jesus, we want to share it and imply and uh, have it part of our everyday lives for your sake and for your glory. In your name we pray, Jesus.